what's up everybody good morning welcome back to the uh run your mouth podcast it's nice to be with you all you know it's been uh, a little bit too long and i just realized i gotta start doing these again otherwise i'm gonna turn around i'll be like i don't even know how to podcast anymore i'll be like there was a time when i was a good podcaster is this mic even on anyone even showing up for these live shows anymore did we lose the entire audience i plugged into the wrong location you know don't worry dude this thing's gonna be so smooth you think I forgot how to podcast just because all month I was working on some uh, end of year misinformation thing that at some point, well, I'm losing my mind, everybody. Let me tell you, if you were uh, uh, if you've been following the show for a while, you would really enjoy my editing process because it, it's uh, every once in a while I'll walk into my apartment. I'll put down my keys and then I realize I forgot something that I needed in my car and then I'll start walking around my apartment and I'll be looking for the keys. And sometimes I'll take me 45 minutes where I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck just happened to my keys. I literally just had them. I wonder how much my neighbors can hear me just walking around the apartment sometime going, where the fuck are my fucking keys? Because it happens. It happens sometimes. Where And then like sometimes I left it in the door. Sometimes it's on the floor right next to the door. Sometimes I went to take a shit. I put it on the sink right next to the shitter. These things happen. You walk into the apartment, you put down your keys, and then you turn around and you lose your fucking mind because you're like, I just had this in my hand. And then it gets particularly funny when you're stressed out and you're in a rush. Like you come back from the apartment, you're running late for the airport, you walk in, and then you realize, I don't know where I just put down my wallet. I don't even know why I would have put down my wallet. I was just coming in here to use the bathroom real quick so I could be on my way. And I only came in to use the bathroom again because I was already feeling anxious and nervous. These things happen, right? Well, anyways, editing that it's just one big digital process of where the fuck did I put my keys? Uh, so, uh, because listen, I, I got some unbelievable material that is going to be coming out as a, uh, with the end of year thing, I would say there's probably going to be about a half hour. That's going to be, uh, coming out as clips. And I'm sorry. I know that you guys aren't my boss. I don't know that I don't, I, I know that I don't need to check in with you guys. Like at some fucking board meeting where I give you status updates on the project. So I'm, I'm just talking out loud. Cause I've been walking around my apartment for four days, losing my fucking mind because here's what ends up happening. Also, it's like, sometimes I'll fix a file and then I'll spend like three days editing it. And then you realize, Oh, I'm in the wrong file right now. It's like you just drove half, you just drove half, three, like, I mean, I could be, what, by Arizona in three days drive time? So imagine if you're trying to go to Arizona and then you went, drove Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia twice. So that's where we're at. at. The end of year recap is going to turn more into like a middle of the year update on how 2022 went. So, you know, at some point it will, it will arrive and I hope you guys enjoy it because uh, there's some good material in there that's relevant to right now and probably not by the time I get it out. But anyways, I like to sink my, my teeth into one project at once. And then I like to ignore every other aspect of life. And I realized I did that for the entire month of putting this together. And then it was, so we just got to get back to life. It did to putting the, the end of year thing. It's going to be a, a weekend project where I've spoken to the professor. I've gotten myself an extension and then I'll probably violate the terms of that extension and then have to repeat the class. And then at some point you handed the paper that you could have done three years ago and then not have to have told your parents that you graduated from college and while you still go. But listen, like I said, you guys aren't my boss. Do I need to explain these situations to you? Of course I don't. All right. So we're going to do a quick recap of uh, some of the more recent titles, you know, get back into the flow of getting after the news on a semi-regular basis. But before we talk about news topics, some random observations that I've had over the last couple of days. First is stated in Airbnb while we were up there. 
And, uh, you know, I like ranting about Airbnbs. I like ranting about these uh, hotels. And, all right, typically speaking, I prefer a hotel. They, uh, You can shit in the lobby. I'm a big fan of shitting in the lobbies. I'm a big fan of getting upset with them about whether or not they've got good breakfast or I have to pay for the breakfast. I'm a big fan of using the gym. I'm a fan of swimming pools, peeing in swimming pools. I don't really pee in swimming pools. But point being, typically speaking, I'm a fan of a hotel. Where I find Airbnbs are better is if you want to bring a whole fucking rally crew, you want to go to a location and bring the party squad, because I brought three other comics, the Shedcast boys. I had a pretty big gang up there at the Shell, Uh, and so I rented an Airbnb. So what's nice about an Airbnb is that the price of like a nice hotel room, you can, you know, fit 40 people onto couches and have an orgy. So that's what's nice about the Airbnb is that you can get a lot more people to location. The other thing that's nice about Airbnb is uh, you can be in a location that like overlooks because hotels rarely have nice views. They're usually downtown areas or they're charging you all sorts of money. You get an Airbnb, you could have to wander to the middle of the woods in Maine and then end up being able to overlook a nice stream that's kind of more like a pond that also kind of smells like someone's shitter. I don't know what was going on with the river that we were next to because you showed up and you're like, my God, that is a beautiful river. But I'm pretty sure that this is where the sewage from from all of Maine goes to Vermont or something. I don't really know the way the sewage lines and mains are working. I'm just telling you that this particular river at some times was a beautiful looking river. And at other times it smelled like the river just farted in your mouth. So, but it was a nice view. If, if you were going to sit down and then try and edit for a full day to get your project out right away while you were still in the groove and you were feeling it and then have not quite work out that well, it was a nice place to be able to sit down and overlook a nice stinky body of water while you were doing that. So the positives for Airbnbs are that you can bring a lot of people with you. You can overlook nice views. Um, I guess if you kind of want to party, it's probably better than the hotel. You can be going out there, uh, you know, stepping outside, having a smoke. You'd be up late at night. You can. There are some disadvantages. And one is if you're like the guy who's got the Airbnb and you're going to rent me the Airbnb, you've made a business decision that you feel that you want the revenue of nights that you're not in your house. You're going to rent it out. We don't need to be friends. Like you thought it was like weird when you get into like an Uber or a taxi and sometimes you're in the mood like, okay, I'll talk to this person. And then other times like you're kind of in a rush and you're like, I would much rather if you just drove and we didn't have to have full conversations. Now you don't want to be a dick about it. And sometimes I'll sit down in an Uber. First day back and I'm flowing. My internet, on the other hand, it's it's not ready. It's not ready to get to get it back into these grooves with me. So, anyways, trying to say sometimes you're in an Uber. Now, with an Uber, at least that's like a 10-minute thing, or you're like, all right, I gotta be this guy's friends for 10 minutes. I can handle being this guy's friends for 10 minutes. But when it comes to an Airbnb, I don't want to be your friend. I don't need it. Like the worst part of going to a hotel is when they try and give you a tour of the hotel to tell you how the hotel works. I fucking get it. You got signs. I don't need, I don't, I don't need an explanation about your hotel. And I, I certainly don't want to run down about how your house operates. I don't need to take an interview for whether or not I want to stay at your house. Just give me a price. I'll rent the fucking place and then we'll be done. And so this guy was like a little bit OCD, like right up front, like, uh, Hey, how a month ahead of time. He's like, when do you think you're showing up? And right away, I was like, man, this guy's fucking annoying. But then it was like, I, I don't know. I think after like three days, I couldn't even cancel. Like just right away, I could tell that this guy was a little bit finicky and annoying. And I could just tell like he was oddly trying to keep tabs. It just seemed like he didn't feel comfortable actually renting his house, which then just don't do it. 
You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine uh, an Uber driver before he picks you up, he calls you and he's like, hey, I just want to like let you know about the way that my backseat of my car works. And I want to explain door handles. And here's the way that you should open the door. And here's the side that I'd prefer you sit on. And I'm just curious if there was conversation that you wanted to make in the backseat because I'll make preparations. And if you can make sure that you're wearing these dot line, just don't fucking drive an Uber. You know what I mean? Like just if that's not something you feel comfortable doing, don't fucking do it. And so in this case, the guy, all right, so I could just tell on the first day, he sends me a friendly text. Hey, I just wanted to check in. And I'm like, yeah, we're all set. Thank you, sir. Now, it happened to be that there were critical supplies that this guy clearly didn't stock the house with, one of them being toilet paper. I could tell he had like a half a roll in each location. And then he sends me that text and I'm like, oh, did this guy purposely this is, by the way, how conspiracy-minded my brain is. I watch the government, and I watch all the nefarious activities of government, and now I see the behavior of even just random Airbnb operators, some small-town guy trying to make a buck off this house, and I'm like, are you, are you getting tips from the government on scams? And so I go, nope, we're all set. And then even so, the next day, some lady shows up while I'm not there, and luckily the Shedcast guys weren't doing heroin on the couches, because you never know with the Shedcast guys. I mean, it's one thing when you rent an Airbnb and people want to go outside and smoke some weed. It's another thing when people are showing up with fucking canisters of, uh, people are bringing their, their home game smoking operation of showing up with bongs and blow torches. But anyways, we're, we're not, the, the Shedcast guys fucking killed it on the show, and you know everyone's got their process for, uh, for what they need to be create, creative, and some of it's showing up with bongs and blow torches. But back to what I was trying to talk about, which is the Airbnb guy. Uh, and then he shows up on the second day with supplies that I guess he knew that we needed. The guy always fucking knew that he needed. He even asked me. I went out and bought the supplies because I was just like, I don't want to deal with the guy. And then afterwards, he's sending me even more texts. It's like, buddy, we're not friends. You run to the Airbnb. I put my credit card down. I paid your money. I, 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 I didn't pee on your couches. I was very respectful of your couches. I kept all my urine to the toilets. Some of the other comics peed on outside because they're animals. But, you know, well, what are you going to do? All right. What else did I have on uh, Airbnbs? Oh, I also like the uh, uh, the review system where like afterwards, they're kind of like feeling you out to see if you're going to give them a bad review. And here's the thing. I'm not going to trash your place. Like, I, I, I prefer just not to write a review at all. I'm not like even on like Ubers, like if I got it, like I'll select the thing. I don't want to write a review. It's annoying because I don't know. Like you, you, it was fine. It was you were cheaper than a hotel and I got to have eight people there. And yeah. The shit that annoyed me that you wanted to check in 12 times. I don't got to relay that to other people. You got a business to run. I'm not, I'm not trying to ruin your business in any capacity. But then they got this thing where they're like trying to sniff like if you're going to give them a bad review, because if they think that you might give them a bad review, then they got to give you a bad review. So then people are like, oh, well, that guy was a shitty house guest. And that's why he got the bad review. And it, it kind of feels like you're on a street corner in New York City. And they're like, yo, you need some weed? Like you a cop, you a cop. It's got like that drug. Like you a cop, you cop. You gonna give me a bad review? Smells like you're gonna give me a bad review. I think I better uh, give you a, a bad review first. All right, what other random topics did I have here? Oh, recently got an email from someone where they said, "With all due respect, this is not how business is done." And uh, firstly, very manipulative. I, I've, I've engaged in uh, the, the exact transaction that I was engaging with this person in over a thousand times. I always liked that. It was like the vaccine movie that the government tried to pull. Every, everyone's doing this. You're crazy if you didn't do it. But then I was just thinking like, we've all had this observation where it's funny when someone goes, hey, no offense, but I'd rather go on uh, vacation with Saddam Hussein. Hey, no offense. And then you just say the meanest thing about someone. Well, how many degrees worse is the line of um, 
uh what was uh, I already forgot what the the, the 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 line even was. Oh yeah, with with all due respect, with all due respect, I think you're absolutely retarded. Hey, with all due respect, I think that you're mentally incompetent. With all due respect, I don't think you understand how to engage in transactions. All right, moving on. I had some other random ones. Uh, oh, dude, I'm getting back to sleeping on couches. That's my advice for all of you guys for uh, 2022. For a long time, I wasn't sleeping on couches because uh, you know what I did? I bought some crappy futon. And then for a little while, when I first bought this futon, I parked myself right in the middle of it and I'm watching TV and you ended up with like a big old butt mold right in the middle of this couch. And then you end up at a point where you're like, dude, I spent too much time shopping for this couch. I spent too much time assembling this couch. I'm not going back online to, to research new couches just to have it here for one month and then end up with a big butt indent where now I got another couch that's ruined. And then what am I going to call the company, try and schedule a return, be like, yo, the butt indents in this couch. That's the problem with futons, by the way. Like uh, you, get, you get the futon style couches and whatever is going on with those cushions, you can really end up with too much of a mold in the thing. But then recently, here's what I love. I, I don't know why something happened and I fell asleep on the couch. And when I love falling asleep on a couch, I forgot how wonderful falling asleep on a couch is because there's two benefits. The biggest benefit is I feel like you get to have two nights sleeps because then you get to like wake up at three in the morning, realize that you're on the couch and then go to the bed and go to sleep on the bed. It's like getting two nights sleep in one night. I don't know why experts don't talk about, Hey, start your night sleeping on the couch. And then also like falling asleep is so much better than going to sleep. Like going to sleep sucks where you have to like get into bed and be like, all right, fuck, it's time to go to bed. And then you got to like try and like not have any thoughts. And then eventually you go to sleep. I don't like going to sleep. I like falling asleep. I like, like I, I get to fall asleep in hotels because I don't really have a, a, a TV in the apartment, but then you get to channel surf, realize that nothing's on, eventually leave it on, you know, some whatever. And then you, 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 you fall asleep. It's a passive experience. I like falling asleep. But anyways, I'm back to couch sleeping because I, I realized I could flip the couch upside down. It's like the old P move, except for not having the butt indent. And uh, that's a new thing. You, you fall asleep on the couch, wake up in the middle of the night, then you go to the bed. And then I, I also think I, my, strategically in my brain, I think I want to start just like breaking up my day with more naps. I think that's what I'm going to start doing is do like less formal sleep, more going to sleep on the couch for a little bit and then waking up and getting to work. Because the best work that you do is at like eight in the morning when you wake up and you just hop to it. But what if you can do that like four times throughout the day? Like you go to sleep and then at three in the morning you wake up and then you get one good hour of work. And then you go back to bed and then, you know, you wake up at eight and then you get like, cause that's really all that happens after sleep. What do you get? One good hour of work. Like I usually blow it yelling at you people. And then that's it. Well, well, well what good work gets done after that? All right. I think I had uh, two more, uh, two more random topics. And then I promise you guys, I promise you guys that we we've got, um, uh, we have more topics, but here, let's see what, uh, let's see what's going on with you guys. Pulse Hex coming in first show of 2023. Happy new year. Same to you. Jai McNannis. I don't know what kind of fucking name that is. This is an epic ramp. Usually a podcast listening first time live. Fucking hilarious. Much love from Australia. What's up, dude? DM, write your reviews in the voice of John Fetterman. Not sure what that means. Green belt glass games. I love sleeping on my couch. There you go. We're going to become couch sleeping enthusiasts. That's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring couches onto porches and really marry the things that we love. All right. That was a dumb thought. Moving on. Uh, shell gas stations. Can you get rid of this fucking subscription for five cents? You know how many times I end up at a shell gas station and I'm standing there and I'm like, I thought I put the thing into the thing 
And it's like, why isn't there gas in my car? And then you realize, oh, because you have this extra step of me needing to select that. I don't want to sign up to your, for your thing. You know how many times I've even seen the Shell gas station, whatever the verbiage is of something to do with five cents, and I've never read it. And then even when you go into their fucking bodegas, and you're just trying to grab a soda so you can get back on the road, and you put in your credit card, they got the extra step. Do I want to sign up? Like the salesiest of all the gas stations. Other gas stations, they just take my money. I take their gas and I go on my merry way. Shell gas stations, for some reason, they've got this added process where they ask you this question and then you have to yell at the machine and then figure out, oh, they add an extra step here that I have to press no. And then I don't know why Shell gas station uh, squeezy things, and I'm sure that's not the term, are the uh, seem to be the most finicky where it's almost like uh, like it, it, it almost needs to be like fluffed up before it starts working. Almost works like a wiener where you got to like grip it a couple times. I guess it needs a little blood flow in there before it can get aroused and actually start filling up your car. Step it up, Shell Gas Station. All right, we had one more random topic, but I want to get into news. We'll come back to that one uh, tomorrow. Uh, first is there was an article in the New York Post about this. Uh, they called him a depraved doctor, but apparently this guy... He uh, he drove his family off a cliff. And I mean, this guy actually went for it. How many times has a dude been? I will drive this car off a cliff right now. Like maybe that will get families to better respect. Hey, that guy's driving up there. I mean, what do you think they said to him right beforehand that he was like, you know, that's it. That's it. There's a cliff right there. You better be careful. You're driving in a car. I mean, this might be the thing that gets families to act more in line. Like, is there some sort of a market incentive if more people start losing it? I don't know. These are things that I think about because the families back there, they're probably giving this guy a hard time. He's probably spent his entire year working his ass off just so he could have this nice moment with his family where they could be on the road and take this vacation. And then they're just being a bunch of fucks in the back. Maybe this will teach people. Hey, by the way, this is a regret of mine because I look back. I'm now uh, 35, 34, something in that range. I'm a single man. And like, I never really take, I mean, I guess I, I tour a lot doing comedy, which I now consider vacations. But I guess when I was working, I never formally take vacations. And I look back at the fact that as like, as a kid, not really a kid, but more like teenager, you would do family vacations. And now I understand what the cost of that was. Whereas when you're like 12, 13, 14, you know what I mean? You're just on a family vacation. And I regret the fact that I used to have an attitude of just sitting in the back seat like, this sucks. Why do I have to be with my sisters? Why are we here? Like, can you imagine being, uh, I can only imagine having been my dad where you're like, I just worked this entire year to have this week. Why am I on vacation with my kids? This was a mistake. I should have left them at the couch. I should have just like, I should have just locked them out of the house for the week and let them fend for themselves. So, you know, I mean, don't drive your family off a cliff, but maybe in the, uh, uh, in, 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 in mass, it might teach people to behave themselves better in the back seats of cars. I'm just trying to find some positive in this story of who drove his family uh, off a cliff. And I feel like if we had honest journalism, we would know what the last things that they said to him were. Uh, and now here was another uh, headline from the uh from the New York Post, New York Times essay says you should mate with short people to save the planet. And I'll get behind uh, uh, environmentalism now. If environmentalism is going to turn from these people, uh, you know, these, these woke ladies going, oh, my God, you're short. Let, let's have environmentally uh, friendly kids. I, I, that, that, I, I could get into this. If we could make a new sales pitch where the tall people are the ones that are ruining our planet, I'm, I, I'll get behind this movement. I will become fucking Internet. 
All right, quick recap. Biggest stories the last couple of days. One, Republicans are airing themselves some dirty laundry. Here you are. You've had the uh, the Democrats. They've been running the show for a while. They've been uh, pushing massive spending bills. They've been pushing, uh, you know, uh, 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 we're on we're on YouTube, uh, but COVID things that maybe even Republicans or scientists might not love. I think that's vague enough. I think that's vague enough that even the YouTube censors, as we've just gone back to one of the channels for the first time. So we're going to keep some of these other topics for the end. It's the first day back on the new channel. People don't even realize that this podcast has continued going. The the ones that were watching that specific channel uh, and the strike just came down. And so we're going to we're going to tiptoe a little bit, mostly because I have the end of year stuff coming out in a bit. And I want to save the strikes for that because I will be surprised if that does not get at least a strike. And I don't want to have to sit down and update everything that's on the channel. All right, guys, this is too much ADD for first episode. We're trying to talk about the Republicans are out here dirty, airing dirty laundry. It's like, get your shit together, guys. You, you finally got a moment here. Yeah, you finally, uh, like, just can you do this shit behind the scenes? Don't you know beforehand that you don't have the count? I mean, is, is this a McCarthy move where he goes, all right, well, these guys aren't going to actually dare uh, air the dirty laundry. So if I bring it to account, they're going to get in line because we don't want to uproot this entire thing when they realize, oh, we were talking about the fact that we got to go battle with them, except we're not even organized enough to get our shit together and pick a speaker. There was some talk about Jim Jordan, uh, which would be fun as hell. I mean, Jim Jordan, uh, not as much fun since because uh, he was particularly good on the Trump Russia collusion stuff. And then I will say he had a couple moments in terms of fighting back against government bureaucracies, making decisions as opposed to elected officials um, and what exactly that process is that larger government institutions such as the CDC, I guess, can come up with rules instead of guidelines for uh, elected officials to then vote upon. Now, that framing is not perfect because I think even most of the rules that were instituted were not directly from the CDC. They must have been coming from uh, the White House or otherwise uh, in, in based off of the recommendations. But the point I'm getting at is that Jim Jordan has definitely been someone who's been vocal and critical of uh, individuals such as Fauci and talking about that we need some accountability for uh, some of the uh, mistakes that were made in terms of the COVID response. And also, it would be particularly fun because he got thrown off of the January 6th commission because he was certainly going to take a look at Nancy Pelosi and some of the decisions that day not to have more security in the area. So he would just be a fun one. I mean, he handled uh, the Russia Trump stuff better than anybody. Uh, he's particularly good at being a sharp thinker and grilling people uh, when they get brought in front of the, uh, you know, into committees. And so that would be particularly fun because it is definitely his brand to uh, go after deep state individuals and a lot of the uh, kind of. Well, I don't know how I'd best say it, but a lot of just like the uh, lies of mainstream media, um, he's been a good person of uh, shining a light on. So it would just be he would be a fun individual in that uh, post. OK, now there was that in, there was that moment the other day. We all saw the footage of that uh, NFL player uh, who collapsed on the field. And uh, I think it's important for us who err on, hey, let's be critical thinkers 
uh, not to jump on it and go, okay, that's clearly an injury uh, from uh, things that government might have advised that uh, people take. We're not going to be going on YouTube for more than the first parts of the show. I think we're, we're going to, you know, we're even going to come down from this channel. All right, there you go. Now, now we can, uh, now we can uh, have some fun. Go to Twitter. Um, all right, so you had a guy who collapsed on the field, and then people are like, "Oh, look, this is another case of an athlete, a healthy athlete collapsing." And uh, clearly, we're starting to see some vaccine injuries. Uh, I think it's too early to say so. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying to jump on these things immediately. Uh, you know, freak accidents do occur, uh, and so to jump on like the freak occurrences and going, "Hey, this is proof of my exact narrative." That's what the other side does. So I, I, I think that, you know, uh, obviously, I, because, all right, we were so victimized over the course of the COVID and we were so uh, told that we were wrong and stupid. We're, we're looking for the smoking gun to go, hey, you guys, look, we were right. Uh, the problem is you got to reframe what exactly we were saying, which was, hey, there's not good evidence for this having utility. Why is it being forced upon me? And why are we going so recklessly on uh, forced handed uh, policies when there isn't very strong evidence of this being a good idea? When it came to side effects, we said, hey, you're putting risk on your plate, but we have no evidence to say that that would happen. So this just doesn't seem smart. And based on the fact that it doesn't seem smart, why is the government pushing it as um, as intensely as it is? All right. So I think with that, it would be nice to be validated. But then again, almost everyone I know in my life has taken this thing. So let's not root for harsh consequences. That's like that. That 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 is not the ideal here. The ideal here is that everyone has better critical reasoning and just understands that uh, we should have a more open environment where people can make their own decisions, where people can criticize policy, uh, where I the official policy of uh, platforms such as YouTube aren't that you're not even allowed to question the official narrative. That's where the biggest problem is. The biggest problem is when we end up with a government or uh, policies in general that don't allow for critical thinking and they don't allow people to question what is going on and for better information to come forward. That's where the fight is. The fight, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and hopefully that fight is not won by that they were so wrong in the policies that they instituted that everyone turns around and goes, oh my God, look at what you did to us. Um, now, would there be something validating about that? Of course. I mean, we were all told that we were really stupid and it's nice to see people eat crow when they are so adamant and wrong, but like, let's just reframe the fact that it was never our, or at least mine, we never put forward that we thought for sure that it was harmful. And I'm certainly not rooting for it to be harmful. Uh, the other takeaway from the incident was that uh, I think that there's a lot of injuries in the NFL. I think that there's a lot of people that leave the NFL after having played there that don't go on uh, to live the healthiest or best lives because of injuries. There's something odd that when a very tragic injury happens right in front of you, I guess it comes to light to the fact of like, oh yeah, these people are doing something that's really dangerous. And potentially, like, in other words, if, I, I mean, I don't know the math on this. I don't know how long your average NFL player lives. I don't know uh, how many of them are immobile after age like 65 or so. Uh, but it, it's like everyone had to kind of have a moment of go, oh, yeah, these people are colliding right into each other all the time. 
like so that's the other thing is like for for and I guess for an injury like that to happen, considering how many collisions happen every single Sunday between two NFL players, uh, one of which, even though there's padding, like you could hit a helmet into someone's chest cavity. I mean, like that could happen. And so if you see how many now, fine, you might look at the numbers and go, well, how come this freak occurrence has never occurred up until this year? And sure, I, I guess that's a it's a reasonable uh, line of questioning. But I, I, I more what I'm what what I my takeaway that was interesting is, is, is that once you actually have to confront the consequences, everyone's like so horrified. But like, I mean, isn't it almost odd that you don't have. I mean, I guess we've never seen a fatality in the NFL. It's pretty crazy the way. I mean, by the way, I, I, I not that I even watch football anymore, but like football's the greatest sport. Playoffs come around. I'm rooting and I'm watching football. Like it could happen in baseball. You could see a line drive right from, uh, 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 you know, batter hits a line drive right into like a catcher. I mean, not a catcher, but like a pitcher's head, and the guy dies on the spot. And I mean, I guess yes, that that would be tragic, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be tragic. It would be fucked up to see. I don't have a secondary thought on that thought. All right, moving on. <laughs> we got two other uh, news stories I'm going to highlight, and then uh, we're going to be back to doing this uh, more regularly. All right, uh, I had uh, in this end-of-year thing, which will be coming out shortly, I discussed quite a bit uh, the disparities between mainstream media stories and conspiracies that you see online. And uh, I was referring to it as that it's become like a make your own adventure of bullshit, that it's very hard to actually get a clear picture. And I was thinking about this some more the other day. And I and um, I realized that like news stories at this point, it, it's almost like uh, the way if you're in someone's house and they used to have like in the pre porn days, you could figure out like if someone had like an old cable box, you could find the channel that was the porn channel. And then you would see like a distorted image. And every once in a while, you might see a tit. But for the most part, you couldn't see anything. But there was something exciting about looking at that screen and knowing that if you could see a clear picture, people are fucking there. Now, you couldn't see who was fucking who, but you knew what was going on. And that's basically where I feel like we're at the news this day, where it's like, I can tell that there's screwy behavior and I can tell that it's not the real story and I can tell that there's corruption, but I can't tell more than that. I just know that it's happening because I can tell. Like, I can just tell that it's happening, but I don't get more details than that. There was a great article on Zero Hedge, which we are going to give the rundown. This guy had a very clean article of um, basically the top 10 conspiracies from last year uh, and whether or not they might be validated, which is here's where I disagree with the guy or I don't necessarily disagree with the guy. I never have too much hope for smoking guns uh, or for like a massive unwinding of corruption or massive validations to the point that average people turn around, or I should say it differently. The timetable of these things take a long time. So like, for example, politicians now will admit to the fact that the Iraq war was a mistake, but while it was happening, they didn't. And a couple of years after that, they didn't. It's kind of like uh, if you, it's kind of like it takes a couple of years for the incident to have passed that people won't be that angry about it that then we find out more honest information. And now the Twitter uh, files might be a little bit different uh, in that it's breaking the mold and we're finding out that there was that direct relationship between tech companies and institutions such as the FBI. Uh, but you're still not seeing a lot of coverage in the corporate uh, media about it. 
You're still not seeing you start a dinner conversation tomorrow and you start talking about how you think that the FBI is trying to create a domestic terrorism title and that they're working with uh, um, with tech companies to try and uh, instill their own narratives about things like Russia collusion. It doesn't it's going to be like COVID information. Doesn't matter what science journal you read, what doctor you talk to. Doesn't matter how right you are, because they're not hearing about it from anyone other than their lunatic conspiracy friend. They're still going to think that you're a lunatic and be like, no. I mean, the actual corporate information has been leaked. People are covering it. They're like, well, I didn't see it where I read the news. So you must be crazy. All right. So we're going to come down from uh, from YouTube now uh, completely. So hang out with me. We're on Twitter. We're live on Twitter. All right. So continuing on this, uh, there was a piece in this that I found very interesting because I was like, I didn't quite think of it in these terms, but we've talked about quite a bit on this show, uh, BlackRock and the evilness of ESG scores. We've also talked quite a bit about the fact that you had the Hunter Biden laptop story and the bigger picture of whether or not you have that the Bidens are completely corrupt family that might even be bought by another government and uh, operating in this essentially treasonous fashion where what they're doing is really just representative of another government's agenda which could be as simple as if you think about a more favorable trade agreement with China and all right, you guys are libertarian autists and you're like, well, why is the government stepping in and even doing trade agreements? Fair, fine. You're, you're right. But in a model where trade agreements are made, you could see that when trade agreements probably represent trillions of dollars of interest, uh, a couple billion dollar bribes to just put something together that's a little bit more favorable for another side, you, like it it, it, it it could make sense. You could see as to how it could happen. And then you look at the BlackRock game, which is uh, instituting policies that uh, will uh, basically allow them not to have to compete in markets to make green energy and other type investments more profitable or dictate social terms that we all haven't agreed to by allocating capital just towards things that agree with things that we haven't voted on. But now you start thinking, well, if BlackRock's working with the China or has heavy investments in China, and then you've got government officials who are through the revolving door of BlackRock to government, is it possible that you've got this massive conflict of interest in um, basically that it's not just our government. It's not just that our government is um, the government is not corrupted by companies. That's not the way it works. Companies are, in my opinion, if there's a chicken and egg, they're corrupted by government because you end up in an environment where you realize, oh, I can't just go to the marketplace, create value, compete with these other people and make money because this other guy who's not as good as what I do is going to government and he's regulating me out of existence. That's the kind of the short picture there. And so you start realizing that government's part of the game, that you're going to have to figure out how to work with them. You're going to have to figure out how to get their blessing because even if you got the best product, if for some reason there's another player that they prefer more, you might find out that you don't have a business. And so that's part of the way the game is being played. But then what happens because it, it, it does it does go both ways, right? Where uh, companies. No, I guess I no, I guess if I, I I'm reframing it in my head and I'm saying that it's uh, well, no, because then what companies do is they realize, oh, I need to infiltrate government in order to protect my interest. Because they realize that with the existence of government, right, 
that is a part of running your business is that you're going to need to have the government's blessing. You're going to need to have the government on your side. And so part of the way that you can make sure that you're doing that is by making heavy donations or by even getting people that worked at your company to then go take jobs at government. That's kind of the revolving door. That's the way these things operate. So I want to read you this one paragraph and then I'll tell you guys where I'm going. The scope of China's control over the U.S. government will become clearer. We know about the various financial ties between the Biden family and the CCP. We know that other top leaders, including Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, are heavily invested in Chinese industry. But what we have yet to fully explore is the way that China-linked companies like BlackRock have also completely infiltrated the White House and are, flective, and are effectively writing U.S. foreign policy. Kind of adds a to uh, the government corruption picture that I hadn't quite even thought about, which is uh, do massive world corporations with heavily heavy investments in China or ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, do, I, I don't know. Should those people be like, are there issues of the way that those companies can then be uh, um, uh, effectively advocating or influencing U.S. policy uh, all right. Now, I wish I'd had this list before I did my end of year thing, because this was mostly the topics that I was thinking about. But we have a very clean list here of some of the biggest news stories from last year. Uh, and so I'm going to do a quick read through. And like I said, the author is Ben Sellers. And I hope he's right that all these things come to light. And even your dumb fucking liberal asshole friends have to eat some crow and acknowledge that this is the reality that we live in. I'm not sure that we're ever going to get a smoking gun on any of these, but I feel like this is a very good rundown of some of uh, the biggest things that, um, you know, we're, 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 we're still working with from last year. One, the role that the Intel community and Justice Department played in fermenting violence through PSYOPs on January 6th will be exposed. Because if, uh, by the way, I'm taking a mental note here that we're going to start recording. For everyone listening to the podcast, if there's been gaps while I'm talking, it's because I've seen that the internet stream has gone down. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start recording the show locally so that I'm just going to go. And if the internet's going down, I will not be taking breaks. And then there will be clean audio and video file of the show that will go up and post. All right, continuing. So with the uh, Republicans maybe getting their shit together and actually electing a Speaker of the House, uh, are they going to do their own January 6th style commission? Are they going to get their vengeance? Are they finally going to get their Jim Jordan led committee to go after Nancy Pelosi and find out where there wasn't more security forces on the ground? Are they going to bring people from the FBI in and find out, hey, how many people from the FBI were uh, part of this uh, Oath Keepers group? Hey, uh, what, what kind of entrapment might have been going on here in terms of you guys rallying? Hey, whatever, whatever happens to that Ray Epps guy just living out on some farm there? Who knows? All right, next one. The deadly impact of the COVID vaccines will become undeniable. Uh, like I said, I'm not rooting for that. Uh, what I'm rooting for is for people to realize that uh, we should be taking actions with evidence and we shouldn't. And the way to get there is just that you should be able to uh, criticize uh, government policy, because if Fauci is so incredibly right and all the science is on his side, should he be that threatened by individuals like me asking questions on YouTube? I mean, clip that from this show amongst all the bullshit and meandering of things that I've lost my train of thought about. There you go. That, 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 that's the entire thing in a nutshell. 
If these people are so epically right with truth on their side, should they be that concerned just by people like me asking questions that the formal policy of YouTube is that you're not even allowed to question? Really? You're not even allowed to question? I mean, how good do you guys feel about being... The scope of China's control over the U.S. government will become clearer. That's a very interesting one. The true nature of David DePape's relationship with Paul Pelosi will be revealed. That's the gay hooker, everybody. We'll find out what Trump's uh, purloined Mar-a-Lago files really contained. Dude, how crazy is that? Especially if it turns out that Trump left with the evidence that the deep state essentially concocted the Russia collusion story, and then they just went to take back that evidence. It's a possibility. All right, let's continue. We will learn what the Democrats intend to do with Joe Biden and who will be tapped to replace him. Uh, in other words, now that the midterms have passed, do they finally recall Joe Biden? We will discover the truth about the U.S.-Ukrainian partnership to research and develop bioweapons. Another fascinating storyline that existed on the Internet for just a couple of days and had very little evidence behind it, but essentially that we were developing bioweapons in Ukraine. And so the reason why uh, I guess Putin was going to put it all on the line is that he might actually be able to uh, expose this and then people would have a better understanding of the corruption of the United States government or he needed to actually put an end to it. Is that story that I mean, talk about a good comic book storyline that makes Putin the hero and us just completely the villain. I mean, talk about I mean, that is like the Marvel version. The left's plans to normalize and mainstream pedophilia will come to fruition. The World Economic Forum will lead the way in trying to turn humans into glorified Matrix-style batteries. And then last, the, as the relationship between big tech and spy agencies become clearer, we will learn that our personal devices are tracking our every move. I will say that this is a very good rundown of some of the themes that I think we're up against, uh, which is people like the World Economic Forum looking for global socialism in which, uh, hey, the free markets aren't going to be able to get you the materials that you need. And so that's all it is. It's just, hey, we need centralized government with us in control, because if we leave things to the free market, we're going to have all these negative externalities of us extinguishing our own planet because we reproduce too much in the environment and blah, 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 put us in charge. That's all that that is. Hey, is has our government completely been completely corrupted by China? is uh, what is the relationship between, like these are like the big just kind of storylines that are on the table as to whether or not there are going to be any smoking guns next year. We'll find out. Uh, and uh, we will be back later this week. We're going to be back to more regular episodes. And uh, there were, there, there, once I get all my editing done, there are going to be some studio improvements coming your way. So, you know, good stuff coming. All right. Wall Street Journal, are vaccines fueling new COVID variants? So I was reading this. This was in yesterday's Wall Street Journal. And I was like, oh, this is what Stephen was giving us a presentation on about two years ago, where he was showing us these little V shapes, the upside down vaginas, or maybe, I don't know. He was just making like little V shapes and saying, hey, these little uh, protein things that they're putting in your body might work as receivers and you might end up getting more easily infected variants of, the, uh, of uh, COVID. And then we were also wondering, if there's robust immunity that comes from uh, 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 if you get infected and then you have natural immunity, the immunity is more robust than what we were seeing uh, from people that were vaccinated. And so because we had a vaccine that didn't actually uh, prevent uh, or infection, are we going to end up with issues that this virus mutates differently than previous viruses uh, because the vaccine actually forces mutations 
that are not normal for nature. These were some of the uh, questions that were on the table in regards to the COVID vaccine. So this is from the Wall Street Journal, are vaccines fueling new COVID variants? Such rapid and simultaneous emergence of multiple variants with enormous growth advantages is unprecedented. I believe I started from the middle. I just tried to highlight the uh, the important stuff here. A December 19th study in the journal Nature notes, under selective evolutionary pressures, the virus appears to have developed mutations that enable it to transit more easily and escape antibodies elicited by vaccines and prior infection. The same study posits that immune imprinting may be contributing to the viral evolution. Vaccines do a good job of training the immune system to remember and knock out the original Wuhan variant, but when new and markedly different strains come along, the immune system responds less effectively. Bivalent, bivalent vaccines, I don't know what that word is, uh, that target the Wuhan and BA5 variants or breakthrough infections with the latter prompt the immune system to produce antibodies that target viral regions the two strains have in common. In Darwinian terms, mutations that allow the virus to evade common antibodies win out. They make it fitter. XBB has evolved to elude antibodies included by the vaccines and breakthrough infections. Hence, the Nature study suggests current herd immunity and BI5 vaccine boosters may not effectively prevent the infection of Omicron convergent variants. Now, this was a little bit later in the article. A New England Journal of Medicine study published last month provides more evidence of the vulnerability caused by immune imprinting, neutralizing antibodies of people who had received the bivalent were 26 times as high against the original Wuhan variant as they were against XBB and four times as high as they were against Omicron and the BI5 variant. All right. Last topic of the day. I don't know why I was thinking about this. Well, I saw that that, uh, you know, no, we're going to close it there. We ended up doing 46 minutes. I thought that this was going to be a 20-minute episode to get back into the flow. Guys, good to be back to podcasting. Hopefully, we'll have the end-of-year thing up shortly. Uh, like I said, I understand that you guys are not the boardroom. I don't need to report in. I get it. Maybe you guys don't even care, but it's going to be coming out as clips. First 10 minutes is going to be all the COVID material from this past year. Uh, and then I think I might actually also put up the Omaha show uh, because that was particularly good. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in showcasing that as stand up, and then with like the, the slide style and I'm a fan of, fan of jam bands. And so I've enjoyed watching like the dead do the radio version of a song and the jam version of the song. So I don't know. I think people might find it interesting. Uh, there's chunks that I did on the Ukraine war and the world economic forum that will be going out on this podcast only. Uh, I think that they were well thought out. There's some very interesting ideas. I don't think it's funny enough uh, for me to be throwing up on YouTube. And I don't want some of the other uh, material that I think is very heavy on 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 like strong laughs and strong jokes uh, to get judged. On. Like, I don't want that to get mixed up. And someone just finds that thing and goes, ah, this guy sucks at comedy. But I think that there was enough work that went into it. And the ideas are interesting enough that like... Uh, with within uh, the, the, the like, I don't want to kind of highlight that as jokes and stand up because it didn't quite click and groove on that level. But I think it's interesting enough that you guys uh, will like it. It's a little bit more thought out than the uh, typical podcast. And sometimes the points end up uh, a little bit more refined. Uh, so I am going to be putting out those chunks um, with and I'm just going to basically take like the kind of the more raw audio. Um, but then I've got like a lot of really good stand-up material that's going to be coming out over the next two weeks. I'm just going to roll it out as I finish each chunk. Uh, there's 
five minutes uh, specifically on uh, abortions. Those were jokes I never did, and they fucking worked. Uh, I have a bunch of trans material that I was working on for a while. That's like 10 minutes of material, and that all just worked. And then you got a large piece about kind of uh, Twitter, misinformation otherwise. So I'm excited. I just have to actually uh, get all the editing done and catch up on some other work that I've been uh, putting off while I was, uh, you know, putting it together and recording. But thank you for everyone that's coming out. And we're going to be back to uh, more regular episodes and uh, some studio improvements coming soon. So good stuff coming. Catch you guys later.